topic tonight out of the book of Micah, chapter 2, Breaking Free. Woe to those who devise iniquity and work out evil on their beds. At morning light they practice it because it is in the power of their hand. They covet fields and houses and take them by violence. They oppress a man and his house, a man and his inheritance. And so, describing things is still today. People devising things, thinking all night long, plotting along all day and night, and then, as they have opportunity, taking advantage of those who they can. Especially coveting their lands and houses and taking them by violence and oppressing and taking a man's inheritance because there were lots, their property was their inheritance, their inheritance from the Lord that God designated to each tribe and God designated to each family land as their inheritance to pass down from generation to generation. And so to take someone's land away from them, the Bible talks several places about not moving the, 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 the corner posts of, of the lots and the, and the boundaries. Um, a very serious offense. Uh, Ahab tried to take uh, Nadab's uh, field and uh, vineyard, and Jezebel had him killed so that he could take it. And so here Micah, several years way after that, uh, says it's still going on. And a violence and a horrible effect that it has. And today, even today, many of the wars are all over land. Land grabs. It's all about taking someone's land. And there are countries that want to be set free, and the, other, and the ruling country, the rulers don't want to let them be free, don't want to let them establish their own country, have their own independence. So they can continue to control the land, because if you control the land, you control the taxes, and you control the people. Nothing new under the sun. Verse 3, thus says the Lord, Behold, against this family I am devising disaster, from which you cannot remove your necks, nor shall you walk haughtily, for this is an evil time. God says, yeah, you're doing this here, you're plotting at night, you're plotting on your bed, you're plotting all night long, but I see it, and I am going to step in, and I will stand against you, and you will not escape, from which... You cannot remove your necks. You're going to hold us, hold us by our necks. You can't escape the Lord. His eye is on his people and the iniquities that take place in the land. We're seeing some of these things taking place right now. Revisionists trying to change history. The Jewish people never lived in the land. There never was a temple on the temple mount. Changing the names of places and trying to do, you know, get rid of archaeology, uh, archaeological finds, denying that there was a Holocaust, denying crimes that were perpetuated, atrocities taking place. And worldwide, but I mean, that just example is on a small little slither of land, half the size of Florida in its totality. The Lord sees. And the Lord is over. Verse 4. In that day one shall take up a proverb against you and lament with bitter lamentation, saying, We are utterly destroyed. 
and that you maybe should have been capitalized against God, a laminate saying, we are utterly destroyed. He has changed the heritage of my people. How has he removed it from me? To a turncoat, he has divided our field. And so they take the fields from people, and then when God steps in, and God holds them by the neck, and God takes it back, and then gives it to, allows, we see later on, after Micah, Babylon come in. The lamentation, the cry, oh, he took our land. They stole the land, and then when God removes it from them, they cry. And we see that. We see that in society today. People do wickedness, and, and then when it's removed from them, they cry. Unfair, unfair. They swindle people and, and uh, take advantage of people. And then when it comes around and hits them, goes around, comes around, then they cry out, not fair, not fair. Shouldn't happen to me. Why is this happening to me? They curse God and blame God and blame everybody else except taking accountability for themselves. Remember uh, many years ago, uh, in this area, uh, the Department of Children and Families used to be called HRS, Human Resource Services maybe, or something like that. And, uh, and I met this person, and, and his children were taken away by them, and he called them the, human, the, the uh, human Wrecking Service or something like that, you know, or Household Wrecking Service, you know. Um, in general, they don't just come in and just take kids away, uh, you know, because... You're treating the kids good. In general, I think people were doing wrong. So we can blame the agencies. We can blame everybody else. Oh, they took this away. They took this away. Well, if we've not done good, things come around to us as well. Verse 5, therefore you will have no one to determine boundaries by lot in the assembly of the Lord. So again, he's going to let be prophesying that Babylon's going to come in, he's going to take the land, and there'll be no one left to divide the boundaries. You're breaking the boundaries now. Wait till Babylon comes in and destroys the whole nation and takes a captive, and there won't be anyone left to worry about boundaries. Now you're squabbling and, and uh, fighting over little land. I remember my grandfather had uh, you know, his little ticky-tacky home in, in, in Florida, a little subdivision, a little, you know, hundred by hundred little thing, and uh, he's out there cutting the grass, and his neighbor came running out, you cut over onto my grass. <laughs> I'd thank him if he cut my grass. You know? <laughs> One less row I got to cut, you know, or whatever. A couple blades less I got to cut. Oh, my, that's my boundary line. You're on my side. That's my little row of grass. He's saying, don't worry. You're going to lose all the boundaries anyway. When I'm done with you. Verse 6, do not preach, you say, to those who prophesy, so they shall not prophesy to you. They shall not return insult for insult. Those who... Okay, so they say, don't preach. Don't preach to us. Don't convict us. Don't tell us that we're doing wrong. Don't tell us that God is watching over us. Don't tell us that there's going to be a day of judgment. And so they don't want to hear it. 
God will not continue to, the Holy Spirit will withdraw, and conviction will eventually disappear, and we'll continue in our own way. That's called grieving the Holy Spirit. God, I don't want to hear your rebuke. God, I don't want to hear your opinion. God, I don't want to hear about your laws. Let me just continue doing what I want to do. There was a man, he learned about the Sabbath and, and uh, was under conviction. And uh, he spoke to the preacher and he said, uh, does that apply to me? And he said, well, the Bible applies to all people. It's, it's you know, right here, written in the finger of God. He said, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to go on a vacation and I'm going to pray about it. And I'm going to see if God will release me from that obligation. And he went off and he prayed and he came back and he said, God has released me from that obligation. God will let go of us. He'll let us go on our own path. He doesn't want to hear, if you don't, we don't want to hear God speaking. We don't want to hear God's law. God said, God, do your own thing. Go your own way. The judgment will still come. God's law doesn't change. Just because we close our ears, la, 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 la. You know, don't want to hear it. You know, see no evil, do no evil, see no God. You know, listen, no, I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to know anything. He said, don't preach to us. Don't convict us. Smooth sayings to us. Smooth words. Positive words, positive thinking. Hope, positiveness. Love and forgiveness. Yeah. Don't preach the word. No sense adding insult to insult. No sense getting into the debate. This week I received an email from someone asking some good questions, some logical questions, so I answered his questions. And, uh, and he wrote me back his answer to his own questions. <laughs> I don't know why he asked me the questions. <laughs> In the first place, if he already had the answers. And he knew they were going to be diametrically opposed to what I was going to answer. So I fell for it. I wrote back. <laughs> and he wrote back even more. And so that's where I stopped it, OK? Yeah, I'm not going to return insult for insult. Right? They don't want to hear it. Got other people to talk to, other people to write to, other people to minister to. If they steal the land, God will deal with them. Take them captive. Still, they say, don't preach to us. We don't want to hear it. Verse 7, you who are named the house of Jacob, is the spirit of the Lord restricted? Are these his doings? Do not my words do good to him who walks uprightly? So again, is God's spirit restricted? Is God's power to convict? Is God's power to change restricted? Is it held back? Is it shortened? Is God's arm too short to save? No, God is all powerful. God knows all things. And God gives us his word for our own good, to help us in our way, to lead us and direct us in our path. The reason God preaches to us, the reason God speaks to us, the reason God has inspired the writers of the Bible and has kept it and passed it down to us today, thousands of years after it was written, is because he loves us for our benefit. How can we reject such a good gift? How can we reject such a great salvation? God's arm is still reaching out to us. It's not restricted. It's not shortened. It's not hindered. God's spirit is powerful. 
God's word is powerful, transforming the heart and the mind. We will surrender to him. And he says, are these my doings that you're now taken captive in Babylon? Are these my doings that there's no one left to lay the boundaries anymore? Is this my doings or your own doings? That you didn't want to hear the preaching, that you didn't want to hear the word of God, that you didn't want correction, that you just wanted the pat on the back. You're okay, I'm okay, we're all okay. When in reality, it's not okay. Many paths to heaven. Don't judge me. God's word stands true. It's not his doings when calamities come upon us. We bring them upon ourselves. We need to hold responsibility. We need to be held accountable. And we need to confess our sins. We need to repent of our doings. going through hard times. Let us search our souls and see if there be any wicked way in us that has led to this calamity. Now sometimes it's Satan just attacking. And Satan certainly likes to attack when we're following the Lord. But sometimes it's because of our own choices and our own mistakes. And God in his mercy continues to reach out. His spirit is not restricted. Reaches out to us to draw us Onto himself in loving kindness. Do not my words do good to him who walks uprightly? God's word is good for those who walk in it. And God's word is a stand as a rebuke against those who refuse it. God's word doesn't change. We can't change God's word. God's mind doesn't change. We put it in stone. It's unchangeable. You put it in print. Put his stamp upon it. Sealed it with his blood. Unchangeable. God does not change. God is not fickle. God's not a flip-flopper. God is eternal, all-knowledgeable, all-knowing, inflexible. <laughs> I mean, he's merciful and kind and loving. <laughs> to us, and patient towards us. But when it comes to his ways, when it comes to right and wrong, that doesn't change. The laws don't change. God's merciful and patient with us in bringing us to that and lifting us up and helping us grow towards that and, ch and changing us. But the standard doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is eternal. He is all good. And they do good to those who walk in it. And we walk in the light. We enjoy the light. We benefit from it. And when we're resisting him, it's like kicking against thorns. It's like kicking against spikes. It's hard. It's troublesome. But God's word, God's law is not burdensome to those who walk in them when we're in opposition to him, when we're pushing against him, that it's difficult and hard. But God's word comes upon us, God's spirit comes upon us and empowers us to walk in his ways. If we yield and we say, yes, God, I am willing to walk in your way, give me the power to do so. 
Lord, help me in my unbelief. Lord, strengthen my faith. Lord, change my heart. Change my thinking. Change my desires. Change my taste buds. Make me generous. Make me loving. Make me kind. His spirit is not restricted. He will come in and he will do it. And he will walk us in his word. And it will be good for us. And he will do good to him who walks uprightly. Not just talks. Easy to talk to talk. But to walk the walk takes the spirit of God. Takes the power of God. And God's spirit is not restricted can do all things. It's all powerful. Transforming the heart and the soul and the mind, totally changing us from being naturally rebellious against them. We're all born with, don't preach to me. We're all born with, I want their property. Right? It's like the farmer, he says, I don't want all the property. I just want the property bordering mine. And eventually that means all the world, doesn't it? Right? You know? Right? I get that one, then the next one borders that one, and I want that one then too. Just the ones that are bordering mine. It all just continues. And we're born that way. We're born selfish. Greedy never gets satisfied. Never gets fed. And the resistance against God, the enmity against God, that's what we're born with. Natural. The Bible's boring to the unconverted heart. All of us, that's how we live. Resistant to it. Don't preach to me. Leave me alone. But when we surrender and come to the point, God, you are God. You know all things. You are Lord. And I want you to be my Lord. And I want to be your servant. And I confess my carnal heart. And I confess my resistance to you. I confess my, my covetousness, and my greediness, and my stealing and Selfishness, pride, I give it all to you. I confess my resistance and my rebellion against you. And he takes it, and he puts it in himself. And it's so vile, so ugly, so poisonous, that when he puts it in himself, he dies. And that's what killed the Messiah. When he put us in himself, he died. That's what it means, he died for us. We can hold on to it, we can keep it ourselves, and it'll be so vile and so ugly and so poisonous that it will kill us. And it's killing us all the time. Or we can let him take it, and let him be the one who gets killed by it. And then he fills us with his spirit, which is not restricted, which is all-powerful. And he will live out his life in us and cause us to walk in his ways. It's not, oh, we'll walk in his ways, we'll try real hard, and then he'll give us his spirit. He gives us his spirit to empower us and to push us and to cause us and to compel us to walk in his ways. And then it's the joy of the Lord to do it. It's a pleasure to do it, because now it's a renewed heart. It's his heart that loves to do it and wants to do it and looks forward to doing it. 
and rejoices in doing it. Verse 8, lately my people have risen up as an enemy. You pull off the robe with the garment from those who trust you as they pass by like a man returning from war. The women of my people you cast out from their pleasant houses, from their children you have taken away my glory forever. So stealing the garments, like in war, like a dead soldier just going and pillaging his clothing and his, and his weapons and just taking everything away. To the innocent who just passed by, you're just taking everything from them. Stripping them bare. Taking them, casting them out of their houses. Taking their children, God's glory. Verse 10, arise and depart from this, you, for this is not your rest, because it is defiled. It shall destroy, yes, with utter destruction. Arise and run away from the sin. Arise and repent of it. Turn from it. Depart from our evil ways. Because it's destroying us. And it will destroy us. With utter destruction. With complete destruction. It won't give us rest getting more and taking from others, abusing others, being mean to others, worrying about ourselves and just caring about ourselves will not give us rest, will not give us peace. It will destroy us. It will wear us down. It will make us unhappy. It's not he who dies with the most toys that wins because you can't take the toys with you. And the toys really don't make us all that happy to begin with. If that was the case, this should be the happiest country that's ever existed since time began. And it's not. It's destroying us. So as God convicts us, as God brings his word to our minds and hearts, as he reveals what is in us that is so defiling and corrupt, what area is not yet surrendered, what area are we in rebellion against him, what area are we resisting him, what area are we saying, don't preach it, I don't want to hear it. What area do we close our ears to? Well, maybe we're walking with the Lord in 99% of our lives. Right, like the rich young ruler. Oh, I do this, I do this, I do this. Jesus said, this one thing you're lacking. Is there one area that we're lacking? Is there one area that when we hear that, we all of a sudden tune it out? Is there one area that we say, well, that doesn't apply to me. God released me. Depart, arise, and depart from it. Flee from it. Like Joseph running from Potiphar's wife, even if she's still holding on to the garment, arise and run. You've got to smash the computer and throw it away. It's better to pluck out the eye and enter into heaven, maimed, than to lose out on heaven. Whatever is the stumbling block, arise and by God's power depart from it. 
Repentance is a gift from God. The power to turn is a gift from God. Arise, choose, make the choice. God, I don't want this in my life anymore. God, empower me to turn from it and run from it. Depart from it, it's destroying me. It's taking the joy away. It's sucking the love right out of my heart. Rise and depart. And turn to the Lord. Run unto the Lord. Fall into his arms. Because he does good to those who walk uprightly. Verse 11, if a man should walk in a false spirit and speak a lie, saying, I will prophesy to you of wine and drink, even he would be the prattler of this people. Our carnal hearts are drawn to those who preach whatever they preach. Even if they preach, get drunk. Even if they preach wine and drink. A false spirit. For God's spirit is not restricted. They preach craziness and lies. There are a whole bunch of people in this world that will follow them. And we see that all around us. False religions, false preachers, preaching things that are diametrically opposed to the word of God. And if you point that out, don't preach to me. <laughs> but if someone says some smooth words, preaches lies to them, promises them plenty, promises them prosperity, promises them the world, when money is their God, they'll run to them. If the passions of the heart are what they're following, evil passions, He'll run to it. The stomach is their God. They preach, drink and eat and be merry. Doesn't matter. They'll run to it. They'll flock to it. Tickle their ears and they'll flock to it. Preach the word of God. Don't preach to me. But God will hold them by the neck, and they will not escape. Eventually, judgment will come. Amazing. This was written like 2,500 years ago, probably more. I'm still alive today. Nothing new under the sun. Babies are still born with the same carnal heart that they were born with there. It's only the transformation of the miracle, the amazing miracle of God gives us a desire and the power to walk in his word, to walk in his ways. To be willing to hear rebuke, to be willing to hear correction, and to surrender to it. That takes a converted heart. David said, let a friend rebuke me, and it shall be like honey to my lips. When we're surrendered to God, we're willing to be corrected. We're willing to be shown what's right and wrong. It's amazing how many resist help when it's offered to them. Marriages that are fighting at each other, 
Should I accept marriage counseling? Oh no, don't preach to us. <laughs> We're okay. People do health are failing tremendously, running from doctor to doctor. You want to see what the Bible says about maybe it's now about? No, I don't want I'm just going to do what my doctor said. Financially struggling. You want to see what the Bible says on how to prosper financially? No, 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 no. I'll be all right. I'd rather wait till get my tax return, whatever, you know, something. It's going to get better. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Eventually it'll get better. Listen to this program, get where it, quick plan. I'm going to follow that. They'll be my prattler, they'll be my preacher. This new diet. That'll be my God. That'll be my solution. I'll follow that. One thing to another. New fads and new ways. New plans. Going to buy gold. Going to buy land. Going to buy stock. Going to buy whatever they say. Don't preach to me the word of God. Lots of preachers out there. Lots of followers. Verse 12, I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of a fold, like the flock in the midst of their pasture. They shall make a loud noise because of so many people. So he described to us the, the carnal heart, those that are resistant, those that don't want to hear it, and now he gives us some promises. His arm is not too short to save. The spirit is not restricted. He blesses those who walk in his ways. And he will assemble us. He will gather us together. He will gather his sheep from one corner of the earth to the other. He's got many sheep and many folds, and he'll bring us all together into his one fold. The remnant, the remaining, the small, what's left out of all that's out there. He'll bring us together. We'll walk in his ways. We'll shout for joy to the Lord in his fold, with him as the shepherd, with him guiding his sheep, with him taking us into green, good pastures, him leading us beside the still waters, him directing our path. Saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And the one who breaks open will come up before them, and they will break out and pass through the gate and go out by it. And their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. So we're stuck, we're chained, we're in bondage, we're prisoners of the devil. We're born in imprisonment to him. We're locked in carnal bodies and carnal minds and carnal hearts. But the Lord will come and he will break through the doors. He will break through the enemy's gates. He will go forth and attack Satan's stronghold. And he will set us free from whatever has bound us, whatever addiction, whatever hold, whatever attachment, whatever we inherited, whatever we've cultivated over time. Whatever sins we've fallen into and committed, he will break through. He will come up and he will open the doors. He will break out and then he will set us free. 
He'll break forth through the prison. He'll break into the prison, and he'll set us free of our bonds, and then he'll lead us out and take us out. They will break out, and they will pass through the gate and go out. He will take us out. Take us out of the sinful heart, the sinful body, the sinful carnal nature. He will set us free and deliver us. And the king will go before us. The king of glory will go before us. The king of kings will go before us. The Lord of lords will go before us. He will be at our head. He will be leading the way. We will follow him and we will walk in his path. We will walk in his ways. As one fold, as one group together, him as the shepherd, we as the sheep, obediently following him and be set free. He will come forth and deliver us. What are you bound to? What are you held up to? What's holding you down? What's keeping you from moving forward in the Lord? What's weighing you down? What's worrying your heart? What's burdening your soul? What's troubling you? What's worrying you? What has you shackled? What habit? What addition, addictions, what thoughts, what negativity, what depression, what despondency, what despair, what dungeon are you locked in? Yeah, it might be just one small area of your life. Arise and depart broken down Satan's stronghold. He's already defeated the evil one. Yeshua has already won the war. Now we allow him to win the battle in our hearts, in our lives. And he'll set us free. What do you need to be set free from? What unforgiveness? What guilt? What fears? What area don't you want to be preached about? What area don't you want to hear about? What area do you resist? What one area do you close down to? Do you shut off? God wants to break through and break that resistance. Break that rebellion open the gates and set us free that we can walk towards heaven that we can walk upward in his path the gates are open wide to us are we willing to go through in pilgrim's progress pilgrim and, and uh, faithful I think it is are locked in the dungeon of despair and they remember they have the key of faith or of hope or something. And the more faith they put into it, the key of promise, and the more they trust in it, the bigger it gets. And it's able to open every lock, the small locks or the big locks, it gets bigger with their faith upon it. 
As their faith grows, the key grows to whatever need is at hand. They begin unlocking door after door after door. And they yell down the hall, we can be free. Who wants to be free? And they go knocking on themselves. We can set you free. The key of hope will work for you too. And the doubters, stuck in the dungeons. Oh no, I won't, that rusty old key won't work for me. It might have worked for you, but it won't work for me. It's too small. Won't fit in the keyhole. And they end up leaving the dungeon of despair themselves. Because there's very few who are willing to break forth and go out. Even though the doors and gates were already opened. Yeshua has already won. The gates are open wide. Deliverance has already come to our house. We can accept it by faith and walk out and walk in his light walk in his truth with the king passing before us and the Lord at our head and walking right into heaven. So as we pray, what area is God wanting to set you free in? What deliverance is there for you? What's the next gate that God is breaking open for you? What's the next wall that he's breaking down before you? What area of your life are you still captive and bound? Accept his deliverance. Come into his fold. Listen to the good shepherd. And surrender all to him. Whatever area of resistance is there, wherever you're closing your ears, Whatever rejection of conviction is there, surrender that to the Lord and let him break it through. We pray together. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we praise your name, Lord, that you are the mighty God. We are thankful that you've come. We're thankful that you've gone before us. We're thankful that you've defeated Satan on his own turf. That in the flesh you defeated Satan in our behalf. Thankfully, you've set us free. Thankful that you've come for us. Thankful your work in our lives. Give us faith to believe and walk through and walk with you and walk in your ways, not our ways. Walk according to your word and your will, not our carnal desires. Thank you for taking our sinful natures. We thank you for killing it. And thank you for giving us your spirit. Unrestricted access to your power and your throne. Live in us, empower us, through us, and empower us in your ways. In Yeshua's holy name. Amen.